Evening Hot Dado Podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Odd Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, as always, the fuck it's hot outside, Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad out. And this is the show where I normally talk about whatever the hell's going on in my head, and I make fun of some shit from the news and tell you about a podcast that I think you should be listening to. But this is the last show of the month. And if you've been listening for any amount of time by now, you know that means it is guest of the month time. And I decided because June is Pride Month that I was going to get a little pandery. And I invited the only two gay podcasters I know. (laughs) I've got Chris and Cody from BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast. That is a paranormal supernatural conspiracy sort of uh, podcast. I, I, it's hard to wrap it all up. They do all the things in that, in that big supernatural bubble. They discuss them. They talk about whether they believe, whether they're kind, they try and debunk some things, and they share different stories about a, a particular supernatural or paranormal topic with their own brand of LGBTQ flair. <laughs> it, it's, they're just a couple of fun guys. And... We had a great time talking. We we got from everywhere from my family's uh, connections in the gay community, coming out as gay, coming out as pagan, life in living in the valley. <laughs> we you know make fun of some YouTubers a bit. I got to share my own personal paranormal stories. We're we're all over, and that's the best part of this is you just. I just get to have these conversations and talk to people that I think are interesting. And Chris and Cody are some interesting fuckers. Chris actually works in the theater, which is a little on the nose for a gay man. But hey, what do you know? (laughs) And Cody is actually the author of The Gay Teen's Guide to Defeating a Siren, currently working on the third book in that series. I'm saying this all up front because we never actually touched on it during the the interview. Big air quotes. You can find their show at bspodphx.com and they are at bspodphx on all the social medias. Getting that out of the way now so I don't forget. <laughs> but enough of me. You don't want to listen to me. You want to listen to them. Let's get on with it. Here are Chris and Cody, BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast. Hello! Hello! Welcome to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I am Chris. I'm the believer. No, you messed up. Yeah, I fucked it up. That's me. Oh, no worries. And this is why I hate Skype, by the way. Oh, me? Yeah, because of the, the little delay? The delay kills me. I hear that on a lot of shows. I that drives yeah. me nuts. I so agree. That's what whenever we have guests, the hardest part of doing guests is is that Skype delay because the interactions are kind of odd sometimes and then editing it, there's so many times where you overlap someone and so you I always try to edit out the overlap so it doesn't sound like you're just talking over each other the whole time. Or then there's like the awkward silence, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of that. That's why I use so many services. I very rarely use Skype because of that, because it seems to be the most laggy. Okay. I use Facebook Messenger a lot. Yeah. The Facebook Messenger chat is a lot less laggy. Yeah, it just, the Skype lag, and I think because it's a tablet, it probably doesn't process as fast. That's probably where you're getting everything a little bit slower. (laughs) It is probably it. That's why I don't do anything. I used to work on my laptop. I don't do shit on my laptop anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I sit in my big, you know, tank box sitting here strapped to my desk, but because hardwired internet and all that jazz. Wow. Is this all going into the long episode? This like long, boring wait? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I still trim the the really stupid stuff out, but yeah, because it's because, yeah. Because I don't offer a lot for my patrons. So, hey, you got to get the extended version of me bullshitting around for, for however the fuck long. <laughs> wow. So let me let me ask you, do you are you a person who enjoys editing your episodes? Or like, what do you think of the editing process? Well, he kind of does that as a, a side gig as well. Wow. Yeah, I kind of. Yeah, that's kind of a side job. I do. <laughs> I make money at that. Very little. But I do make money at that. That's really cool. So you because I. I, Cody, I have a love-hate relationship. Cody loathes it, but he doesn't trust anybody else to do it either. I get that a lot. That's true. <laughs> and yeah, I, I really, especially when the episode ends up really long, I'm like, oh God. So I'm just imagining like what you're thinking right now, unless you enjoy it. Yeah. And here's the fun part. Like I said, well, because I do the two different versions of it. Uh-huh. So I have to edit it twice. God, I'm so sorry. Well, where we're, he's looking at his foot. <laughs> yeah, I, that's a personal punishment I put on myself. <laughs> that is like being in the purgatory in one of our episodes. So uh, yesterday, um, I had po- you saw that I posted in the group about a potential big UFO guy that we're interviewing later this week. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, who did you think it was? Fuck, I can never remember his damn name. What the hell? Uh, Travis. Uh, Travis Walton. Oh, Travis Barker? No, Walton. Oh, <laughs> From Fire in the Sky. <laughs> yeah, we want the drummer from Blink-182 as a big UFO expert. No, that's the other Blink-182 guy. That's what I got to confuse. Tom DeLonge. That's Tom DeLonge. Uh, no, Travis Walton. No. That's the, yeah. It was like, like right band, wrong guy. <laughs> Damn, it's so close. No, his name is Alejandro Rojas, and he's a local guy, but he's does a lot of research. He's also a realtor around here, but he's written for Huffington Post. He's been on... Uh, some Discovery Channel TV show, all kinds of things. Uh, uh, he does a lot of uh, uh, UFO research. So. Yeah. Should we say what we what our podcast is so that that there's some context about why we're talking to these people? <laughs> it's up to Adam or or or. Well, I end up. I'm gonna throw an intro on the beginning yeah. of this oh, anyway. Good. So oh, okay. yeah, it's okay. not just gonna sure. be the interview because of the whole. I just do like the the really stupid yeah. cold start. And so because of that, I end up, again, very nerdisty. I've just taken to putting an intro ahead of everything and just, hey, here's my guest and here's me being stupid because I'm really bad at starting episodes and I'm really bad at ending episodes. And so I end up just cut. Here's the best I can come up with because I'm very awkward in that. And, And it is very much a I've listened to enough of Chris Hardwick explaining why he doesn't do that. And it absolutely makes sense for me is that if you sit there during the course of an interview and you do the intro spiel, 
you tense up because suddenly you turn, you actively turn on into, into interview mode. And suddenly like the pressure is on. Now I've got to perform. And now I'm like, Hey, what up? Oh, that's actually really cool. And if you just start with, Hey, how's it going? And you roll through it. Everything is much more natural. And and it's, it's easier to do that and edit and post and find the best parts of it. than wait until the tension comes down and you relax. I was like, yeah, I'll just edit a little bit more. It's not that big of a deal. Find a good starting spot and go from there. That makes a whole lot of sense. I have a question for you, Adam, because I think you're like, I think Chris was saying like, you're, you're more introverted. Generally. Would you, so is it like, so, but you're doing these like interviews then with these like complete strangers. Is it hard for you at first or is this something because it's remote and kind of your thing where you love it? So the thing for me is that everybody I've talked to are all podcaster friends. And that is really the big thing for me is at this point, it's just me going through wanting to talk to podcaster friend people that I know some way. Ah, okay. And I have yet to have any interaction with somebody I don't have any knowledge of or that they don't know who I am at least. And there's a couple Mm -hmm. of people on my list that I want to talk to that no clue who I am, but they're people that I follow. Um, One of them is actually an Instagram model YouTuber who lives. I think she's up in Scottsdale. Oh, I thought you were going to say Logan Paul. <laughs> oh, God. If I ever meet Logan Paul, I'll punch him in the throat. <laughs> yeah, same here. Because, <laughs> oh, my God, that guy's a fucking idiot. I think he's the first person that ever got jackass of the week twice. <laughs> oh, wow. He, he does a segment called jackass, jackass of, of the, the week. week. Yeah, That's good. We actually ended up doing our entire forest of death episode because, because of, of him, him and his douchebaggery. Cause we wanted to actually go into the real suicide forest and talk about it because God, I cannot believe the way he treated how suicide. disrespectful he was. Yeah. That's when I lost a lot of respect for him already. Oh yeah. I was just, what a fucking dickhead, but just those guys and that style of YouTuber bugs me. So yeah, I totally agree. The ones that are, it's kind of like anything to stay relevant or popular. Yeah. Just strike up some controversy to yeah. see what it's they can do. The, I call them like sell your soul to the devil podcasters or video or whatever, you know, YouTubers, YouTubers. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what media is this? Yeah. 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 He's an idiot. Yeah. The YouTube vloggers and yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, anything for the clicks and they, they, you know, when it's a, a media point when they suddenly lost a million subscribers because they did something it's like, no, the media shouldn't be covering that. Agreed. Logan Paul losing a sponsorships should not be news. No, absolutely no. not. Because he, the more attention he gets him getting fired by Disney channel was a good news story though. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, just a couple of months ago, speaking of pride, he said like, Oh, I'm going to go gay for the month or something like that. You know? Yeah. Did you hear about that? Yeah. That's what got him the oh. second one. Oh, that was, that was his second jackass moment for me was, Oh, I'm going to go gay yeah. for a month. I'm like, like you're a dumb fuck. That's not how it works. <laughs> not only that, no gay man is going to put their penis in him. <laughs> you tell me you had a big crush on him. You're a liar. <laughs> Okay, that was a lie. Adam, your your sister is a lesbian? Yes. Oh, wow. How long has she been out? Officially, I don't know. 
<laughs> oh, okay. She's like 40 something now. She just turned 41. Mm, she's about our age. Yeah, I think. And to her, she is said like she lost her virginity to her best friend. Mm. She's also been married twice and has uh, two kids, but, <laughs> but her first husband is, is the father of her two kids. And you know, I was like, got pregnant in high school. And I think it was just one of those things where in that point in time, not sure of herself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. You know no, I don't want to speak for my yeah. sister, but it was funny that she basically after she ended that marriage is when she formally came out and said that she was gay and, and was dating women for years. And then she met a guy in their kind of social circles and best story I've got is that they hooked up the night they met. (laughs) And so when all of their friends are talking about this and they're like, you know, she's gay, right? And he's like, uh, no, she's not. (laughs) But they, they were married for uh, almost going around 10 years. And they actually just very recently divorced. And now they're both dating other people and they're very happy. You know, she always said, you know, they're, they're running gag. And he knew that was the kind of stated was the, if I could find a woman who makes me feel as the way that he does, he's gone. (gasps) And he, that was kind of a, a, a running joke in their relationship was that they were very happy together. But even her, you know, it was like, She's like, I'm gay, but I love him. And we are very happy together in this relationship. And I think more in recent times, she said it became more and more an issue of reconciling that she still identified as being gay, even though she was, you know, happily married to this man for 10 years. And it finally just kind of came to a point of eh, needed to go their separate ways. Again, trying not to do all of this speaking on my sister's behalf, but yeah, it was just kind of their, the way that all went. Again, now they're both in in other relationships, and so it's a really interesting story. Well, Cody has kind of a similar with your twin sister. Yeah, that's why it's interesting because it's weird. Like we grew up in the same household, right? And I have said before, like on our podcast, like my family was very, very Catholic, and so I was raised. I mean, my mom was hardcore rosaries every day, going to mass several times a week and stuff, but. I always knew I was gay and I knew I couldn't come out because of the backlash I would get, especially being from a small town. But I, I knew I was and I was okay with it. I actually didn't hate myself or anything. I just knew I had to bide my time. And so I never, I've never even kissed a girl. Like I just had to sit there and wait until I could graduate college and move. My twin sister in the exact same household is, is gay, but she went is closeted. She was in denial. She thought she was evil for being gay, so she refused to acknowledge it. She got married and had four kids before she was 30. And she was actually the one of the last people I came out to because she was so, like, it was so obvious she was lesbian. But she would talk <laughs> about how wrong it was. And finally, when I came out to her after everybody else, she came out back to me. And she was like, yeah, I, I'm gay too. And it was like, okay, finally. But it was it was really weird this juxtaposition in the same household. And I said juxtaposition kind of the, she, it was like, she acknowledged it. It was like the, okay, I'm gay too, but this is how I've had to, you know, I'm, I'm gay too, but this is, you know, I, I couldn't, I don't know. I had a thought and then it out of my head. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, she, it was when she actually said that she was in denial. Because of you coming out to her, it's like, okay, we're in this together. Yeah. 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 Especially and, being twins. And that, well, and that was one of the reasons she got pregnant so much is because she, she said that she would, it was weird. She said that she would have feelings for women and stuff, but when she was pregnant, that was the time, one, that she kind of felt the most straight because she was, you know, being attached to her baby. And also it was the time where she didn't have to have sex with her husband <laughs> for nine months and she had the perfect excuse not to do it. And so like being pregnant for her was great. <laughs> Plus all those hormones that are raging through your body probably. Uh-huh. Okay. As a father of four, and I've heard this from other women that a woman during pregnancy because of their hormones going crazy or horny is <laughs> <as> all fuck. <laughs> what? <laughs> they want it all the time when they're pregnant. So if she doesn't want it when she's pregnant, that's actually a pretty good t- sign that she's gay. <laughs> I've heard this from multiple women. Wow. Can I ask you a way TMI question? <laughs> Sure, why not? I just said that. Yeah. What was what was the most pregnant your wife ever was when you had sex with her? <laughs> like, was she like about to give birth and you're like, and she's like, let's do it. <laughs> we had a lot of complications across all four pregnancies. Uh, yeah. It became like a, she couldn't lay on her back oh, kind yeah. of thing. She couldn't, like, she had to always be on her side in Oh, that would be awkward. And things like yeah. that because of baby position and different things and blood pressure issues and all this stuff. Oh, jeez. And so a lot of it's like, yeah, some, it just got to a point where it's not an option. Not that she, you know, wasn't <laughs> willing, but it wasn't an <laughs> oh. option due to health constraints. Oh, my yeah. God. It's, this, is, this is so fun. <laughs> this is such, how, uh, how old is your youngest and how old is your oldest? They go from three to nine and a half. Three, five, seven, and nine. Wow. Okay. Because we were, we, you look really young. Yeah, I get that a lot. All of us, my whole family. Because <laughs> we were looking, you know, at your pictures and we were like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's good genes, but we were, I was like, how can he have four kids? He must yeah. have had his first when he was a fetus himself. <laughs> <laughs> my oldest sister is 41. She looks maybe in her 20s. Wow. Wow. All of us, we all, I think my youngest sister looks to be the oldest and it just goes to like me. She's got a bad hairline. (laughs) (laughs) So it makes her look a little bit older, but short of that, we all, none of us can pass for our age. If it weren't for the fact that my sister's tatted head to toe and at one point had dreads down to her ass, (laughs) you would not be able to tell that she's as old as she is. Oh my gosh. And, you know, we all are just, we, we have that, that Irish fairy blood or something where we just don't age and it's a wonderful thing. (laughs) My dad is pushing 70 and he's couldn't pass for that. Yeah. I I was going to say it's part of that Mexican blood that you have too. Yeah. (laughs) Irish Mexican blood. You're going (laughs) to, yeah, you don't age. (laughs) We know we get it from dad because our mom is not aged well. Granted, she had six kids. But our mom hasn't aged as well as our dad, who is almost yeah. 70 and maybe looks to be in his 50s. Wow. At best. So there is a restaurant <laughs> here that is an Irish Mexican restaurant called Carlos O'Brien. Carlos O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. And I find oh, it yes. now. I'm like, OK, so I guess that's the that's a thing. Yeah. OK. 
I've learned Irish Mexican is a very common combination. Apparently it's also very popular with boxers. There's a lot of Irish Mexican professional boxers. And I think it's just a two different groups of people who are really good at scrapping. Well, there's the uh, (laughs) UFC fighter who's called El Canelo or something. He's like totally looks white and he's a redhead and he's Mexican. Wow. That's crazy. You should be a ginger. Mexican. No, <laughs> I'm too. <laughs> well, I think I think we were talking about the the whole gay thing, and I think you were about to say something about like your you and your brother have a similar kind of situation. Ours is a lot different because, um, not to get into too much detail, but he had no choice but to come out at a certain point in his life because of shit that happened with an ex. And at that point, I was still unsure of myself, just because how I grew up and where I grew up. It wasn't until I moved here to Arizona that I started hanging out with people like me and became more comfortable with myself and finally came to that full realization, you know, but even at that, just because of how I've grown up, how my parents were and everything, I didn't really come out to them, you know, and it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I told my brother after my mom died and sure he always knew it just wasn't spoken of, you know, so we just had a really different thing. And it's still like that. Like my sexuality doesn't define who I am. Like if you, Ask me, I'm not going to deny it, but I'm also not going to throw it at you and tell you immediately like some gays do, you know? Me! Whatever. Like, hi! (laughs) Yeah, now, what's that meme with 11 months out of the year? My sexuality does not define me, and it's like Pride Month. Move out of the way, I'm gay! (laughs) (laughs) Our friend says that all the time. Yes! (laughs) That is so funny. Yeah. And I've, I'm always, I'm very much that, not to get political, but I'm of the mind that that is a problem nowadays where people are so focused and defining themselves by their racial yeah. background or their sexuality. It was like, no, it shouldn't matter. It's, it's, this, let's go Martin Luther King. It's about the content of your character. I don't care if you're black, white, gay, straight, whatever. If you're a yep. dick, you're a dick. If you're a nice person, you're a nice person. Let's just go with that. Absolutely agree. Yes. Nice person. Though I do, and Cody can attest to this, I truly identify with my ethnicity. I'm very proud of it as well. So that is a huge part for me as personally as an identification. I know you overpronounce the shit out of every possible Spanish word you possibly can on the show. (laughs) Ah yeah, he does. And okay, so I know he always does. But yesterday, during the Pride podcast, because you have a bunch of homos listening to the episode, whenever he said Alejandro Rojas, <laughs> literally, people in the chat were like, that was so sexy. Tell him to say it again. Tell him to say it again. <laughs> and he said it like four times. And then he mentioned this woman. Say her name. Gloria Ramirez. Yeah. And, and some guy was like, I just came. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> and so I'm like, now I know why he does it. <laughs> it hasn't gotten me laid yet. <laughs> That you know. You just need to start collecting screen names from that feed. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, just so we're sitting in his guest room, and he painted it bright orange. Very Mexican. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of, I'll be in Mexico City in two weeks. Uh, I'll be traveling out of the country for the first time. So talk about going to the homeland. I've spent all of two hours in Mexico in my life, and it was by accident. <laughs> Wait, what? It was a Uh work trip. So I'm a commercial carpet cleaner. It was a trip years ago. We picked up a contract from our California office and I had to go to Calexico 
Calexico? Yeah, Calexico, California, which is right on the border with Mexicali, which is the dumbest naming convention <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I was like, oh, one side is Calexico, the other side is Mexicali. Y'all are some lazy bitches. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, that's funny. But we were trying to find this office. And you know, first time we'd ever been there, I'm driving. I'm sitting here trying to find this street. There's all this traffic. We're in California. The drivers are stupid. And we're like, where the hell are we? And we ended up in the line to go through the port of entry to go across into Mexico. Oh, shit. Wow. And we're like, shit, where do we turn around? Where do we turn around? And we look at like, we're in the lane. It's like, okay, last turn around USA. And it's got the little sign for the U-turn. And then you get up to that point. The U-turn thing was closed under construction. I'm like, oh, shit. And we had to go through. And my partner that was with me, he was actually Mexican national. Oh, jeez. He wasn't even a citizen yet. Because they had had an incident in Nogales with his brother a few weeks back, they were like, make sure you have your green yeah. card with you. But, oh, thank yeah. goodness. But we basically had to, he had to explain at the border, hey, here's what happened. Yeah. We just, we're, we didn't mean to be in this line. We need to go back. And they basically said, okay, go down up the street a few miles, turn around and come back. And you just have to go down the end and come back. Oh, Jesus. And it took us like two hours sitting there in line just to come back up. And then we got detained when we were coming back through. Oh my God. Because when we said, no, we're just turning around. They thought we were turned around by the federales. (laughs) And so they detained us and searched our van, which is full of chemicals and stuff for cleaning carpet. Oh shit. And really, meanwhile, we haven't gotten out of the van in like 10 hours since we left Phoenix. And both are just sitting there. Can we go to the bathroom or, (laughs) something like we both seriously have to pee like my partner had he'd been pacing up and down along the side of the road right there smoking he smoked an entire pack of cigarettes just pacing up and down between the cars jesus that is unbelievable (laughs) (laughs) only time i've ever been to mexico wow that's that is that's a something and we finally get out we finally got to the gate we was like hey here's this address. We're looking for this address. Can you please direct us to it? It was two blocks away. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> it was literally like two lights up, take a right. It's behind the Walmart. <laughs> and then we realized we passed that intersection because there was a car accident in that intersection. And that's why we missed it. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. So whenever, whenever you said, um, I totally misunderstood why I laughed so hard when you said Calexico, I thought you were saying you had to make a collection of money in Mexico and you made <laughs> your, your own pun. So you were like, it's like Calexico, but you actually made it a real place. <laughs> yes. It's a real place. It's a, it's a really lame border yeah. town. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's all I've ever been to is border towns. And it was kind of funny. The next day we were down doing, we were in Yuma. Yeah. And so, because we'd just gone through this the day before and was it, uh, was it San Luis? Yes. Right down there near Yuma. And we were right down there and the office we had to do right there. You could see the fence. Oh, shit. Oh my gosh. You could see the, the border checkpoint from this office. It was literally the last turn. The, if we miss this turn, we're doing this all again. (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) I was like, no, no, I do not need that deja vu. No. (laughs) Yeah. I've only been to border towns. I've only been to Juarez and to, uh, 
Nogales. When we were in high school, eight, 17, 18 years old, we were staying in El Paso in Texas for our, a mariachi conference. And our director had gone to bed and we snuck out to Juarez to go to the clubs because 18 plus, which nowadays, if we, th- if I think about it, that is the stupidest thing ever. So but dangerous. as a kid, we didn't care. We even took a, one of the girls who was 15. They just glammed her up and she was old enough to get into the clubs with us. Wow. Yeah. Rebels. <laughs> yeah. Was it a gay club? No. Oh, okay. Is Did it- you? Did you wear your mariachi uniforms? No. Oh, that would have been so fun. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it was insane. They wouldn't have carded you at all. It was like, hey, let the mariachi sing, hey. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, hey. Oh, y'all have Joe Community to do the accent. Hey, the band is here. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. I've only, I've only done the, the white person trip where I took a cruise, and we did the thing where you stop at the port at Cozumel, and it's like the port was made by Carnival Cruise Lines. And so. Casumel? Oh, Cozumel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, he whited the shit out of that. <laughs> uh, wait, what is the both of y'all? What is it? Casumel? Casumel. Casumel. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've never heard it said that way. And. Probably because it's such a port town that that's what people. Yeah. Even. Well, you know, like, so in um, Dallas, where I lived before I came here. My three best friends were all Mexican. And they even said Cozumel. Because it's Dallas. They also say Amarillo. That's true. Yeah, it is Amarillo. Because in te- because Texas doesn't know how to pronounce anything. It is Amarillo. It's Amarillo. And it's also San Patricio. Oh, God. <laughs> San Antonio. San Antonio. And I have the fight with Texas pronunciations. With my wife, who is from Corpus Christi, every year, because my dad lives in San Antonio, and every summer we drive back to San Antonio, and uh, so it, it, I'm glad they upped the speed limit to 80 full time. That's all I'm going to say. But one of the suburbs of San Antonio is, now I pronounced this, and nobody knew what the hell I was talking about. It's spelled B-O-E-R-N-E or some shit like that. I pronounced it born. Yeah, that sounds like born. Apparently, it's pronounced Bernie. What? I actually was like, that. that I bet there it's like burn or something. Yeah. Bernie, and there's not even an R in it. Uh, yeah. Or the fact that it's a... Oh, wait, it did have an R. Well, yeah, it, there's an R, but there's an O. <laughs> like, what the... Did you just ignore the O? <laughs> Or, or the fact that San Antonio is in Bear County and there's an X in it. <laughs> that it's B E X A R is Bear County. What? What? Like Bexar? No. <laughs> yeah, San Antonio is in Bear County, but it's Bear with an X. That's weird. It's messed up. It's a bunch of stupid shit. Chance, Texans don't know how to pronounce shit. <laughs> that that reminds me of like the little countries in the UK where they have like the Shire at the end of it, and it's not spelled like that at all, or like. Edinburgh is not spelled Edinburgh like in Scotland. It's spelled it's spelled weird. It looks totally different when, really? when we say it. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I'm from Texas. I think you know, like I don't know, but I guess maybe your listeners don't. So I'm I'm actually from the Amarillo area. So I'm super familiar with everything I say being wrong. And I remember <laughs> I remember even teachers like being like they felt like they were stupider. Remember whenever you study in literature, the the climax of stories. 
And then there's that word that is like D-E-N-O-U-E-M-E-N-T. Denouement? It's the denouement. Denouement? Yeah. It's French. It's French. Well, my teacher always said it was the denouement. No. And I remember going to a big writing meeting. And I was like, and I was like, yeah. And then, so you have the climax and then that like resolves into the denouement and the whole audience just like froze. It was catastrophic. I might as well have said supposedly in front of everybody. (laughs) Or pacifically. Or pacifically. (laughs) But that's, but they were all like, they were laughing and stuff. And I'm like, that's what my teacher said. (laughs) Oh, Texas. Uh, Yeah. Texan is a whole other language I've learned. That they just spell and they like they read English, but they don't read it right. They read it in Texan. <laughs> that is that's so true. I'm pretty lucky that I don't have much of an accent. Sometimes, sometimes, but like if you listen to my brother and my dad, yeah, I mean it is literally like, "Ha, how you doing today?" Your little sister is a little bit. You can hear her. Yeah, yeah. My little sister's will is she'll hers will come out more mm-hmm. whenever. It, yeah. My wife's grandmother was like that. She wasn't even a native Texan. They were from Wisconsin or Wyoming Uh somewhere. And when they relocated the family to the Dallas area, they intentionally developed the overdone cartoonish Texan accent. (laughs) And so they was hauled and she would just talk like this all the time. And I was like, but, but you're, you're from Wyoming. They don't talk like, and they don't talk like that in Texas. They really don't. Just in the movies, I promise. That sounds more like Georgia. Yeah, that was like, you gave me a case of the vapors. <laughs> Whenever you're in Texas, you're fixing to do everything. Yeah. That's the one thing. My impersonation was terrible. It's funny because uh, my twin sister's is the reverse, but we're all from Texas, and she lives in Wisconsin now and has for years. And so she will say some of those Wisconsin mm-hmm. words, and she'll actually be like, hey, you want to go have a drink from the bubbler? Oh my god! And but then her texting will come out too, so it's like the bubbler. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. I knew a girl in college who was from Denton, Texas, and she was a stereotype like that, totally big hair and everything. You know, oh <laughs> Denton. Yeah, actually went to a theater conference in in Denton yeah. in college. It's actually it's actually part of DFW, but mm-hmm. people just think of it as its own. Well, it's this tiny place. Yeah, almost. It seems like yeah, yeah it really does. It gets its it. I guess Denton gets enough credit for stuff that they don't get lumped in with the rest of it. That's why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like everything out here. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware. If you ever punch in any address, basically in the valley, and put Phoenix as the city, that Google will autocorrect it. Oh really? Really? Does it do that for others? Like other metroplexes? I doubt it. I don't know. I don't live there to to try. <laughs> You're going to want to now. Wow, that's so funny. But I've I've learned, like, I don't know, like, oh, you find out, you punch in this address and you just put Phoenix and it will correct it to, oh, this is Glendale. Oh, this is Peoria. Yeah. Oh, this is Surprise. Yeah, he's in Surprise. You know, surprise is like an hour from Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It takes me a long time to get to work every day. <laughs> At three in the morning, it's nice. And because I work overnights, so I'm literally driving against rush hour traffic anytime I'm on the road, which is great. Oh, that's awesome. That, that's really good, too. Yeah. I say my sister, um, the reason I moved here was with her. She now lives in Goodyear and West Goodyear. And people who don't know Phoenix, that is like, that's yeah, way out there. Yeah, she East lives California. in East, East LA, yeah. basically. Yeah. 
is <laughs> out there. And with and yeah, everybody always would joke with that about, oh, you live in California, like almost. Yeah, yeah pretty close much. Enough. Really close. Oh my god, I am melting in here. You're hot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because when we record, we turn off the AC. I mean, I I put it low before we start, and then it turn it off because of all the sounds. You can hear everything through our mics. So. You really can. Yeah, we had we've had sound issues. Well, just for our first episodes that we've had to really yeah. work through to try to get where our stuff sounds, our shit sounds. Real. Yeah, Adam has heard our stuff. He he commented on our sound issues at one point, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but that's gotten better. We're melting for you. <laughs> I remember when you guys were on the pod stuff way back in the day. Yeah, and it was funny because I'd heard of you guys. Yeah. I knew you guys were local. I mean, come, well, fuck it's in your, your damn Twitter <laughs> tag that you're in Phoenix, but it was funny to me. It's like when I listened to you guys and I remember that was the only time I've ever heard them commenting on any show's quality yeah. on their audio quality. I was like, and saying, it's like, yeah, their audio quality isn't the best, but it doesn't really matter. Cause it's like, it's like, okay, somebody else said yeah. it. Cause I didn't want to <laughs> say it, <laughs> but we got better. But it's one of those after after this long, my my brain, I just can't unhear iffy audio. Yeah. Especially now that I edit it. Yeah. For right. other people. And like, but it's also one of those. I also noticed that you got your audio quality has improved mm-hmm. over time. You know, you guys sounded like you were very much in a bathroom very yeah. early on. And now you don't <laughs> because, you know, we all grow. Well, now that you mention it. <laughs> well, didn't we also we did a Skype episode early on too when you were actually at home yeah and you were actually in the bathroom yeah on skype <laughs> and the first episode was recorded in your sister's kitchen which is open so it was pretty echoey in there too oh it was yeah it was a mess but it sucks because i really love that episode like i actually think that topic is still super fun and interesting and so i hate that the sound quality was so bad for that because we're actually going to go in our off season here next month and put a disclaimer at the beginning of that episode. Yeah. And basically just say, hey, the sound quality in this episode sucks. Why don't you skip ahead to this episode where yeah. it gets better? And I hate that. Yeah. But at the same time, too, you know, um, like like he said, we've improved in our sound. That is something that we really worked on in our, yeah. our second year, like we did early on. But it's specifically this last year, you know, we're going into our, th- our third year starting in August. And I think it's improved a, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically our sound. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I, I started my first few shows. I was recording, driving home in recording into my phone and well, while I was driving. And the gag was that if, you know, if you're familiar with the Phoenix area, you could probably figure out where I live based on the road noise and listening to my turn signal. <laughs> <laughs> how did, how did they sound? Did they, did they sound bad? My audio quality was crap for so long. Was it? Oh, it was bad. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I was like, they sound like I'm driving. That is really funny. At least you had an excuse then. I mean, they don't sound yeah. awful, but I mean, my first year, I had no clue what I was doing for the longest time. I didn't do any research into <laughs> anything for a long time. And so my audio was crap for my, my first year. Yeah. But slowly I was learning, oh, noise removal. That's a thing. Yep. And trying to learn, just learning all of this stuff. And it's, it's kind of, you know, why I edit other stuff now is because it's all just more learning how to do things because I can tweak my stuff in a blink of an eye. I know how to adjust myself and my environment and my environment hasn't changed in a couple of years. Yeah. But 
you know, working with somebody else, like one of the shows that I work with, you know, her guests could be anywhere because she's interviewing people who are all mm-hmm. around the world. And some of them are, I think one guy was, you know, we're you know, talking to her on the phone, like doing a Skype call, sitting outside his Jeep in friggin' Africa. Oh, wow. Wow. Because he was traversing Africa. And because there was all these people who were taking these sabbaticals from their regular life. And this guy was traversing different continents and all this stuff. And so the call was like, he's sitting there and you hear the birds and all the stuff going on behind him. And, but I've got to clean up like the wind and get that stuff out and make his, make all of that stuff audible. But I want to keep birds oh. and bugs and yeah. stuff like that in the sound. Cause it would sound so much better. Cause you really get that environment and you understand that he's leaning against his <laughs> Jeep that he lives out of. Oh my God. And all that, all that sort of stuff. And so it was, it was, it's, I like doing that stuff. I'm sorry. Screw that. What I would have done for that, because ugh, is I would have removed all the background noise and then went and found like bird sounds online and like inserted them. <laughs> Even like if they were wrong, like a bald eagle, like in Africa, <laughs> and it's like, like playing behind them. A screeching owl. That's yes, a barn owl. <laughs> that would be so much fun. Yeah. I think the longest distance we've had guests is from Canada. Uh, the baked guys, the yeah. two Irish guys that live in Canada. So I think that's the furthest that we've recorded. Oh God, that was such a fun episode. I love that one so much. That was so great. <laughs> I love those guys. Those guys are so oh. fun. <laughs> just the, 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 between the yeah. accents and just the, the Irish slang. And as it was all flow, Oh God, I laughed my head off for that one. Oh good. Cause that, I, that episode <laughs> went off the rails and yeah. it was like in a ridiculous fun way but we got to talk about banshees and yeah. barn owls and stuff and so it was really neat yeah those but, guys are so much fun and super nice and they were just a lot of fun to record with yeah they're the ones that you know like if you ever go hang out with someone like you it wants you want it to be them yeah totally but speaking of which since we're all local like we should all go grab a drink sometime what is happening we'll go up to surprise yeah we'll we'll, we'll get a plane ticket to surprise <laughs> okay i live within five minutes of chris the mole man and mike jolitz and i still have yet to meet their asses okay just saying <laughs> they're they're two older local podcasters wow and they're all and yeah they're and they're older than you guys yeah huh, wait what are you saying <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna ask you guys because you guys are more east valley yeah. than i am because i'm in the you know california you guys are more in the East Valley. I was going to ask you guys if you had met War Baby from Murderous Miners Killer Kids. No, she is really cool. Like I've interacted with her online and she is really sweet. She's awesome. Her content is amazing. It's all about serial killer children or killing killer <laughs> oh, children. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at Chris. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck this is. Yeah. I'm so detached. Um, but you've told me about her. Yeah. Hey, no, Chris is about to call me out. He got his call me out smile <laughs> on. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> I feel like that last episode about the pride stuff was calling you out enough. Oh, <laughs> Stonewall. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh. No, because <laughs> I was like, I felt bad. It was like, oh, man, I know more about Stonewall than you do. Man, this is bad. Uh, hey, stop. <laughs> hey, I'm an expert now. I no. Was so I, I, mean, was like, not- I was like, that's, a, that's an inn. That was a bar. This thing isn't like calling you out, but I mean, some people just don't listen to podcasts and Cody, even though he has a podcast, he doesn't listen to more than editing our show. (laughs) So it's fine. It's because I have books to write. Okay. 
Hey, I know, I know people yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You got more, you got, you know, analog content to contend with rather than all of this, this, you know, vocal stuff that we, yeah, do. we're, we're anxiously <laughs> anticipating book three. Oh, I got to get it done. Got to get it done. <laughs> yeah. I like how you refer to it as analog content. That was so nerdy and perfect. Yeah. I was listening to a voice acting show the other day and they were talking about direct marketing and they were talking about email lists and stuff like that. And then they were saying how, you know, when I started, you know, we were making CDs and mailing them to agencies and to production houses. And there's a friend of mine who still does that. And he refers to it as analog marketing. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. There's like, there's digital marketing and analog marketing. And it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's actually a really good way to put that. I think it's the difference between handing out stickers and following people on Twitter. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, because we have a shitload of stickers that we haven't passed out. Oh, God. But, and I used to work in, well, I used to work in advertising. And so I know that, I know people who work in direct marketing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to, I'm going to tell them that. Yeah. But I mean, like when we, the only place, like when we go to the UFO conference, we'll hand out stickers and business cards or bookmarks or pens. We haven't decided which yeah, one we're making like yet. Branded condoms. <laughs> when you unroll it on your TT, they're like BSP. <laughs> and the bigger you are, the more the, of the of information you get about the podcast. <laughs> You are terrible. Oh my God. Sorry. It's like the Magnum size has the full uh, iTunes URL on it. <laughs> it actually actually has episodes on it. No, we can get one of those. Uh, what do you call the codes? The Q code, QR code. Oh, QR code on it. <laughs> it's a good idea. There's a QR code on the tip. And as you, as you go down, it's just more and more of the actual your full show notes as you get to the bottom. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh my God. That's my favorite thing. No. <laughs> no. So, oh gosh. Someone's going to do it. That's the problem is that there's a thing for everybody. Someone's going to do that. Yeah. There's some of those <laughs> like very sexual or just sex podcasts that could totally do that. I'm actually looking up to see if you can order customized condoms. I'm sure you can. But yeah, I don't know if you heard this too, Adam, that we are actually, uh, I mean, I kind of mentioned it earlier about with Alejandro Rojas, but we're actually going to the ufo congress here in september in downtown phoenix at the hyatt uh they granted us press passes so we're gonna it's five days but we're gonna be there in and out for that week you know yeah and then um i also got us press passes to the tucson sci-fi fantasy uh uh con convention there and they've asked me to sit on the panels. Uh, Cody won't be here because he has a book event, but I'll be sitting on panels for the Tucson uh, event as well. I'm showing Chris um, these customized condom wrappers. <laughs> and that's why he was like giggling. Because there's one that has it has a picture <laughs> of a fidget spinner and it says sit and spin. <laughs> and it's an actually condom wrapper. But yeah, that, that'll be a fun event. I'm actually sad I'm missing oh. Tucson. But um, you, I don't know if you knew this, Adam, but I actually an event that I've been invited to two years in a row as a, like an actual panelist author is in Corpus Christi. And so I had never been there, but I actually kind of love the place now because they fly me in. They have great kids there. I actually go and speak at schools and it's really cool that the town is very 
divided in that there actually is some pro-gay, pro-LGBT stuff there that's surprising, but then there's still its share being a Corpus Christi of people who are completely against it. So it's really interesting. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of funny because, you know, all the high schools, it's very much that Texas rivalry culture of you live on this side of town, you go to this school. Yeah. You might have friends over at the other school, but because football rules, you have to be, you know, enemies during the season. And, oh, you live over in Miller district. Oh, you're, you're, you know, you're at Ray and, uh, you know, and each, each school kind of had their reputation and every school in the district, other than the one I went to had a daycare because I went to school and I graduated in 2003 and my school King high school, we were the gay school. Oh, really? We had this massive open gay population. And it was like an entire quarter of the school. They would, you know, kind of joke. It's like, no, it's like, that's the gay hallway. Like that's the black hallway over there. <laughs> like, and, it, but you all knew it's like, and you know, it's just the kind of that click culture, but you knew if you were going to walk down that hallway in between classes, if that's your route to your next class, you know, that every other person in that hall is gay and, and very flamboyantly. So, and it's like, it's just what we were known for. It's like, oh, this school is full of, you know, everybody in that school is pregnant. Everybody at King is gay. <laughs> this is really, really fascinating for two reasons. One, the school that I've been invited to both years I've been there was Ray High School. That's where I actually spoke. Not the gay high school, but Ray. And so I'm kind of surprised. I didn't even know that that other one existed. And then the second, I, di- I didn't, that, what you said about the opposing teams and stuff in football in Texas is the truest thing in the universe. The town I'm from is Pampa by Amarillo. And there's a town right by it, 20 minutes away called Borger. <laughs> and the towns despise each other because of the football teams. Because high school football is like professional football. That's what the whole town, because the towns are so town? small. Town. <laughs> they all go and watch high school football. And it's huge. And my sister's husband is from Borger. And it's this big thing that, Wendy dated a guy who lived in the rivalry town and people were against it. And it was like an issue. So the movie varsity blues wasn't far from the truth. True. (laughs) Yes. I've never seen it, but yes. (laughs) My wife's high school. It's tiny little small town, rural middle of fucking nowhere outside of Corpus. It's probably like an hour outside of Corpus. And I don't want to say it out loud because she's going to yell at me. (laughs) This is one of those. All the schools, there's just, you know, an elementary, a middle school, and a high school, all basically in one block. The city library is part of that same complex. You know, there's like, there's a Whataburger and a Dairy Queen, and that's, and an H-E-B, and that's pretty much the town. Sounds familiar. And they take a week off during the year for the 4-H festival. Oh, there's a 4-H convention. Too many kids are going to be out of school (laughs) for the 4-H thing. So we're just going to close the school for a week. But they put AstroTurf on their football field. Oh, my God. Wow. For a middle of nowhere, backwoods, tiny little Texas one school. I think they had, I think she said the population of her high school was 400. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's smaller than mine. That wasn't even my entire graduating class. No. Yeah. And <laughs> I think there were five or 600 in my graduating class. And that was her whole high school. Yeah. Like, That's crazy. <laughs> and they had AstroTurf 
on their football field. That is how serious these people take it. It's yeah. it is so for real, just like my town. Yeah, my town was not that small. I grew up in northern New Mexico, but we had a pretty small town. We had one uh public high school and one uh Christian kind of not private, but whatever you want to call it. And then but it still wasn't that small. I graduated with a class of like maybe eight or nine hundred around there. So in your class? Yeah. Your high school. My class. What the f- in Española? Yeah, because not... What the fuck? We have a bunch of little suburban, little tiny towns that all come to our school. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. Oh, I thought yours would be... Mine was 250 in my class. Yeah. So... I'd have to go back and check, but I thought it was close to like 800 or 900. Okay, I had no idea. Huh. Big city boy. Yeah. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so... Mm. <laughs> and that, the, For me, that's the funny thing, is that I, I kind of straddle the line between the big city thing and the country thing. Because when I was a kid, I lived in Phoenix, but I was born in Morency, which is a tiny little mining town in southeastern Arizona that you couldn't accidentally get to if you wanted hmm. to. You have to drive through like two hours of nothing in the desert before you reach the the turnoff in the dirt road that'll possibly take you there. Hmm. And you're never going to accidentally end up in Morency. And that's where I was born. And that's where... You know, speaking of being raised Catholic, my grandfather was actually the deacon of the church in Clifton and Morency and actually baptized me and all of my siblings. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he was the deacon of that church for 37 years. Unbelievable. So are you are you still are you religious? Do you still go to church? Uh, speaking of coming out, uh, my wife and I came out basically after my grandparents died we came out as pagans. Oh, I bet your parents were not happy. Well, here's the other funny thing is that my gay sister came out of the broom closet years ago. The broom closet. I love it. <laughs> it it's a great way. It just translates so well. And it's been, it was really funny. It's like talking about like when she came out to our parents, it was much less of a actively coming out and more of the, her and her girlfriend come over and they, you just kind of pick up on it and figure it out. <laughs> Never outwardly said it, but it was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay. So wait, so without, without telling your parents, your parents, she just kind of came over with her girlfriend and just kind of did their thing. I would be so nervous. Yeah. It was just like, a, Oh yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. It was like, they're um, not to use names. Not to, my sister's been on the show before, but uh, she doesn't like, she doesn't use her name yeah. anymore. She's, she like her daughter, they kind of live under assumed yeah. names. Like they, they both have friends who do not actually know their legal names. <laughs> it's funny, but, uh, Raven lunatic as was her derby. name. Oh, sweet. But yeah, oh. she's like, she came to visit, uh, me or like us in when we lived in Texas still. And, this was after she had come out to mom, dad didn't know. And so she's on the phone with her girlfriend and all we know is that, Oh yeah, she's talking to Heather. I'm like, what? And it took a few days before. And my dad was like, is Heather hurt? Like, yeah. Like, Oh, okay. Oh, and that was it. <laughs> it was like, we're not going to say it. Yeah. That was it. It was just the, okay. Wow. And I don't think, and it's, that's the, as far as coming out of the broom closet, we basically pulled the same thing with mom. 
in my case, it was a, oops, I screwed up and I made a Facebook post about coming out to somebody at work. And then my mom sees it and she's like, oh, that explains a lot. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot. Mom didn't know. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, guess she knows now. <laughs> well, cause, and I, want, I, I wonder because um, like my coming out of the closet, like my mom was so Catholic and so about her religion mm-hmm. that it would have been easier to come out of the closet than to come out as atheist. Like, like if she had a choice, she would much rather me be gay than not be Catholic. And if she would, if I would have told her I was atheist, she would have lost <laughs> her mind. She would have just been like, can't you just be gay? That just reminds me of this. Well, like the story he's telling about his sister reminds me of this uh, singer who died from Mexico named Juan Gabriel, who was gay, but never really spoke of his sexuality. And when, when he was interviewed, he told the interview, uh, when he, the interview asked him, you know, if he was gay, and he said, they say that what you can see, you don't ask, son. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. So he didn't announce it, but he's like, duh. <laughs> and you did your Chris thing where you're like, yeah, and there was this guy whose name was Juan Gabriel. <laughs> no, that's kind of a that that's I will say that's kind of a sexy name. That one rolls pretty well, so you know you, you got to lean into that one. <laughs> that was his stage name. He had he had his, I, don't, I forget his real name. I'm gonna get like looking like he's Jose Gutierrez. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. No. But it, it's, but I guess it's kind of like how we're at. I feel like the, the casually coming out is better. You know, it's, I think it's, I feel like it's easier to absorb than trying to go when so many people go with the shock and awe thing of the, I'm going, it's like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to say it. And like, you're going to sit them down. You're like, if you're going to sit them down, like it's an intervention. Yeah. And so you're, it's kind of like the, you're talking about the, the introduction of the episode thing. The, okay, you're already a little tensed up. And so maybe you're a little more hostile towards whatever comes at you. Mm-hmm. Huh? It's like maybe like versus the, Oh, okay. And it's a little easier when you kind of come to it yourself. I feel like it's a little easier to take Yeah. for someone. I, okay. As a straight guy, but coming out, not Catholic to my very Catholic parents. Granted, they had also already gotten this from my sister and it's, running gag in the family is that we were raised Catholic, but we were all born witches. And so we all kind of lean that way. Yeah. <laughs> and like multiples of us lean that way mm-hmm. versus, you know, being staunch Catholics anymore. I think only one of us, I think is still an active Catholic out of the six of us. Wow. But I think just coming into it, I feel like, it's it's if you figure it out on your own rather than trying to the, maybe the the spectacle of it yeah like the because you're you're just already tensed up and so whatever reaction that's going to come from it is going to be a little more extreme yeah one way or the other and cuz i don't think you're not going to if you already feel like your mom or your dad are going to be cool with it you're probably not going to go with the shock and awe thing yeah right that that's super true you, you don't feel like there's no pressure involved so maybe that's where, and I, and I not to psychologically, you know, dissect people coming out, but I feel like maybe that could be a problem with some of the extreme reactions that people have. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It could be. Well, how, well, how did, how did your parents take your sister coming out? Like, were they okay with it then? My dad was 
she doesn't live with me. She's an adult. What can I do about it? Yeah. Uh, so, and you know, she lived in, like, she lived in Phoenix. We lived in, in Corpus at the time. Like, what am I going to do? It was like, yeah, she's my daughter. She's also a, a, an adult. She has her own life. So what am I going to do? Okay. So she's already been married, had two kids and had a divorce. Who am I to tell her she can't be gay? <laughs> no, but it's just kind of a whatever. Okay. But when our parents split up, my sisters all stayed in Arizona with our mom and my brothers and I all lived in Texas with our dad. Mm. And so I wasn't around to see mom's reaction when my sister came out. It was just kind of a, as far as I know, there's no hostility. Yeah. It's just kind of a, okay, she's gay. It's like, oh, and she's a witch. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that, I mean, well, it's good. That's good. That's just kind of how it's like, all right. Because I wasn't sure if it was going to be that thing. Like there's that, the reactions where, you know, either they're okay with it or, you know, it's just open hostility or, and I actually almost hate this just as much the, okay, but we're going to sweep it under the rug and never talk about it, you know? And I hate that. Welcome to my family. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That is your family. I think with my mom, it's 50, 50, I think because especially since my sister was married to a man for the last 10 ish years. And so I think she was in the, oh, she got over that whole gay phase. Oh my gosh. And now it's like, oh, she's dating a woman again. Oh, it wasn't a phase. Uh, and I think there's probably somewhere in there. There's a little pushback. Yeah. That's probably coming around. Sure. Again, I'm, I'm really bad at communicating. So I'm, I don't talk to my mom that often. I don't talk to anybody that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm really bad. I get so much crap. My wife talks to her parents every day. Yeah. I don't think I've talked to my mom in like nine months. Oh, oh my gosh. And she's in Tucson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I talk to my so, dad every other day, at least. I, like, I I have two sisters that live in Phoenix. I don't talk to them. So yeah. I, you know, it's like, Hey, you're going to come over and cut the boy's hair. That's uh, about the most I talk to one of my sisters. Cause she cuts my boy's hair. Oh, uh, Wow. And we'll occasionally babysit each other's kids. But that's about it. That's the that's the white side of you. Yeah. Because that's like my family, too. I don't know, because they all talk to each other. I'm just... Oh, you're kind of like the odd man, like the one, the kind of the exception. Yeah, very much. I'm so much... I like to keep into my little bubble. Yeah. And oddly enough, this reaching out, I communicate more with podcaster friends. Mm-hmm. I talk more with Heather from Sunshine and Power Cuts. Yeah. And Emily from the story behind. Mm-hmm. And then I do with my brothers and sisters and my parents. Huh? Yeah. Well, I've never, I've never once thought I hate the blood is thicker than water thing. I've never believed that because toxic people are toxic people. And just because you're related doesn't mean you're obligated. And then Agreed. maybe I have something similar to you where I have this thing where if someone is not in my immediate circle, I have a really hard time keeping up with them. And that's why my little sister and I are really close because she lives here. But as soon as someone moves out of my small, immediate circle, I just lose touch with them. And I feel bad about that. But Chris is really good at keeping in touch with those people and doing and maintaining those relationships. But I am I am terrible at it. That explains a lot. What? (laughs) Kill you. Uh, no, but like, yeah, with my family, we, we've always been like that. When my mom was alive, we'd, I'd call her every, probably every other day, if not every day. And my dad, now that she's not here, it's every two days at least. And then my brother, we're still the same. We have the same kind of relationship. We'll text each other every once in a while, you know, and that's about it. So yeah. Crazy. Oh, families. Yeah. Yeah. Families are fun that way. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Yeah. Know. But it's, you know. <sighs> where to go? Where to go? See, Pride that's the bump. thing about not having plans. Oh, like, yeah. What questions would? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's where the whole, like, my last guest came out of nowhere. It was because it was episode 150. I'm like, big 150. And so I invited Emily Prokop on because we've been friends for three plus years. I had never actually talked to her before. Yeah. And so it was like, it was just a whole thing. But because we're both such passionate podcasters and editors, we spent the entire like hour and a half talking shop. It was all podcasting stuff and tech stuff and editing tricks and all this stuff. Like, it's like the most technical episode I could ever do. Wow. And it's just because this is what our, where our brains go to. Yeah. Do you like, you have to, that sounds like you have to kind of market almost every episode different because of who it might appeal to. Cause like this could be kind of more of a pride LGBT episode and that's technical. Like that would be tough. And that is part of the whole shtick for me of normal is not my specialty. Yeah. I don't just do one thing. I can't focus on one thing. I can't, I could have a very dad centric episode. Yeah. I mean, I've the guests I've had on the show are just, it's the whole, the spectrum of my podcaster friends you know, we got Paul from Varmints and, you know, Chris from Play Comics and, and Derek from Rolling Misadventures now. And it was funny when he every, every now and then when I put out a, hey, what podcast should I be listening to? And the first thing he said was you guys like, dude, I featured them like six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Derek, you know, our yeah. Pacific Paranormal. But it, and it was funny for me, like, because I, I didn't read the post when you guys had Derek on your show. Yeah. And so when I listened to it that week, I was like, oh, shit, it's Derek. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, can I ask you real quick? If, since you had that, did you have a favorite topic that we've done? I'm, I'm curious what your interests are like in paranormal. Being a child of the valley, <laughs> Phoenix is a very morbid place. Agreed supernatural stuff is just Arizona's thing. We just take it all in. And so when I grew up, I just, I love the cryptids. I love the UFOs and the ghosts. And, you know, I've had paranormal experiences. I've experienced enough ghost stuff and paranormal stuff in my life to where I don't have any doubts about it. Mm -hmm. Really? But I'm also one of those, like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say ghost first. But I'm damn it. I'm going to, I'm going to try and logic my way through it. But <laughs> I've seen and done things in my life to where those particular experiences are like, I can't explain that. Yeah. And I've tried to explain that. I'm actually super, super jealous of that. And, but I, I my dad was a big UFO nut too. So yeah, that is super interesting. I'm like I said, I'm super jealous that you actually had concrete experiences i would love to have that like i would love to have something happen like and then that. you would be scared as shit but yeah oh my gosh but it would be kind of like oh yeah it's absolutely terrifying <laughs> to actually really believe that there's an afterlife yeah. or something to me would be so comforting yeah you know or a bigfoot i mean i, big <laughs> I, I want it to be ghosts i want it to be afterlife truth. yeah well, I think we need to make a field trip for the show to a haunted place specifically, you know, I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be really fun. Well, yeah. we, we did that in Flagstaff. My house is right here. I can text you the address. 
<laughs> is your house is your house haunted? My wife is what we refer to as a lightning rod. Oh, she attracts, and she tends to attract, and she and she sees them, and so she gets very uncomfortable at night a lot of the time because she'll hear we have you could say a troublesome child that likes to run around in our house. Not any of ours, but you ever have like where you hear somebody running up and down your hallways laughing maniacally? Oh God. We have that on a fairly regular basis in our house. Oh and, my God. You know? Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. We have fun. <laughs> our house is fun. You know, very human shadows walking around Ugh, shadow um, people. We've, we have a lot of photos that we look at in just terror. My boys actually snapped a picture in a completely blackened hallway. And in this picture, you see next to my oldest, another kid, obviously a little blonde kid, maybe a head shorter than him, looking up at him. And we're like, we tried everything we possibly could to explain this picture. I was like, is this a light flare from here? Is it light coming from nothing? Oh my God. And like looking at where the picture had to be, there is no explanation for what this little child of light in this picture is knowing the circumstances in the space. Can we get a copy of this picture? I think it's somewhere where we've got it. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see yeah, it. Yeah. Because of the circumstances and the space, and we're like, holy shit, we can't explain this picture. Oh my God. Yeah. I got the chills literally. And again, it's because of knowing the circumstances and the space in the area, and like, like, nope, this door was like this, and there's no light coming from there, and there's this, and this, like, nope. And, you know, the number one thing being all of our windows in our house are blacked out. So there couldn't be light from a window anywhere because we're vampires like that. <laughs> so tell me this. Do you know the history of your house or anything that's happened? Not at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. How old is your house? I mean, we're in surprise. We're in a fairly, uh, probably the eighties. Okay. Uh, yeah. I figured yeah. it was probably new ish. Yeah. But yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's one of those very cookie cutter neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a tendency whenever one of us has to go to the hospital for something like every time we've had another kid when we come back there tends to be an uptick in activity and it always seems like well something came back with us from the hospital (laughs) oh my god like a little hospital hitchhiker mildly annoying that could be it that could be an episode yeah it's and we tend to have a lot of childlike spirits that we tend to interact with there's a lot of children and we've had that in multiple houses and they always have a different sort of personality there was one house, the uh, another house in the same neighborhood, actually, that we lived in, mm-hmm. where there was a case of stuff would go missing. And <laughs> at this point, we only had two kids and they were both, you know, tea tiny. Yeah. Stuff would go missing. And then we'd find it. Like either in a place where there's no explanation for it could possibly be there. Yeah. Or I just looked there two seconds ago. Yeah. There was a day where we spent an hour looking for my glasses that were normally sit on my bedside table. Yeah. We looked 
everywhere in the house. We were pulling stuff out of closets. Like where the hell are my glasses? I don't know why I'm looking here. There's no reason why my glasses should be in the hall closet, but we're looking here because they weren't anywhere in the bedroom. And then right at the point where we're like, shit, I'm going to be late for work. Yeah. And we start going through drawers again and they're sitting right on the very top. Like they were just gently placed there on the very top drawer of that bedside table, which wow. was the first place we looked that is and they crazy. were just sitting there on top. Like they'd been completely undisturbed sitting in the top drawer. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this isn't funny. <laughs> just mischievous yeah. little stuff. We haven't done like just a ghost episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, been and a while, but I feel like maybe we could have you on at some point with some of this proof that you have and, and, yeah. and revisit that. Cause I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Kid ghosts really freak me out for whatever reason. <laughs> Kids, kid ghosts just terrify me. So I, it just bothers me a lot. So that's, that's why we have to do mm. it. Kids up the freak factor of ever, anything. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially when you hear the little laughter. Like, oh, serial killer. Make it a kid. Even worse. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. So, Adam, would you do a Ouija board? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. So sad. Uh, no. Never, ever, ever. I'm my particular supernatural skill set and my wife's. If I ever tried to bring a Ouija board into this house, she would probably divorce me. Yeah. And then shoot me. <laughs> And then contact your spirit using the Ouija board. Yeah. She doesn't need the Ouija board. <laughs> no. Wow, that's crazy. Just, so you and Chris are common like that, or have that in common. Yeah, I, I won't. I refuse to touch one or play with one. And Cody wants to, but I'm nope, not in my house. Uh, for you, it's like a vagina. <laughs> Whatever. You don't want to touch one or play with one. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Well, Adam, Adam we, have, we have a hard stop, if that's okay. That is not a problem for me. Chris, Chris actually is running auditions for <laughs> a childhood version of Chicago. <laughs> not childhood. It's the teen production of Chicago. I am directing the show. So I have auditions here shortly. Because so. you guys do stuff that's cool and relevant and stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> directing plays and writing books and shit. You know, I just sit here and, and bullshit all fucking time. Now, if you're familiar at all with Chicago, it's sex and murder and dirtiness. And, and it's a teen version. Making it teens just seems so inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's so funny and stupid. Wait till you see it and then you'll say differently. <laughs> well, I heard, I heard that there was a teen production that people were doing of Avenue Q. And I'm like, that would literally be one song. Like the entire show is so filthy. There's no, you, you take the entire thing out. Yeah. How do you clean up Avenue Q? It just turns into Sesame Street. <laughs> exactly like when you have songs that are the internets for porn yeah and if you were gay and all oh God, those. Well, that there, there was also the at some school of rent instead of everybody having aids they had diabetes and they were taking insulins that instead of azt you know that is ridiculous <laughs> yeah no i hate when they do that so I've read the script for this Chicago and it's at least decent. It doesn't water it down that much. Okay. I didn't you know? butcher it. Cause like you said, it's America. So all the murder and violence is fine. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. So that was actually, this is actually really cool getting to, to like to meet you and talk to you, Adam though. Cause yeah. I admit like I didn't, like I haven't really listened much. I'm sorry, but you're a really cool guy. 
Thank you. And yes, having you guys on here was really pandery just for timing's sake, but I wanted to have you guys have been on my list to have on the show since I decided to have people on the show. Well, we appreciate it. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, I like it. I think it's really cool. Yeah, no, and we definitely appreciate you having us on. Like, we didn't know what to expect today, but it was cool that it was just so laid back and casual and we could just chat. You know? Yeah, it was really fun doing that just to be like talking about whatever we want versus, you know, what's your show about? What's this? What's this? That yeah. was really cool. Yeah. No. Yeah, uh, that's what I want. It's the. You know, I'm, I want you to come on to my show to talk about whatever you want. And if it has nothing to do with what 90% of the world views you as, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you guys do that paranormal podcast. I was like, did we get there? Yeah, but it was through natural course of other things. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we went through child trauma and, and, and <laughs> lots of other routes that eventually took us to paranormal stuff. But that's whatever. That's what I, that's why I do this. Cause I, I, I want to be that place where you guys can come here and talk about whatever fuck you feel like not about the thing that you always talk about because i'm sure you get tired of talking about the same things that you talk about on your show on everybody else's show so (laughs) yeah this is it was like it's fun to do that but this is also like a nice refreshing break from it as well yeah because we've in the last week have done so much yeah so much (laughs) so a lot the last couple weeks yeah but we're taking a break off for J- July, but they're, we're dropping um, bonus stuff that month while we're off. And then we'll come back in August with a few changes, nothing too major, but just some, no. some updates. Yeah. Kick off season three. Yeah, absolutely. No. Cannot wait. I'm looking forward to it because you guys are awesome. Yeah. So uh, again, you know, just thank, thank you for having us on. You know, um, we'd like to have you on, on in the future. Once we start scheduling guests, I'll let you know, and then we can figure that out. And that way we can talk about your paranormal experiences. Yeah, so I would like that. Yeah, absolutely. Would love to. Alrighty, sir. I'm going to let you guys go. Cause you got, you know, actual lives to go live and be productive, <laughs> you know, normal people. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for having us on. And of course, yep. like, of course thanks for listening to us. And yeah, you know, just... can't, can't wait to have you want to talk more about this. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much to Chris and Cody. You guys are awesome. You can catch them on BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast at bspodphx.com. A lot of letters in there. And of course, bspodphx on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know how to find people in podcasts. You're listening to me for long enough, right? Of course, they're on the recommended listening page at odddadoutpodcast.com. And if you have a guest that you want me to talk to, somebody who just want to listen to them BSing and get to know them just a little better than you might in their normal outlet, hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Odd Dad Out. Tag them. Let them know that you want to see them listen and talk to me and do all the things. Or, of course, you can email me, show at odddadoutpodcast.com. My brain's getting frazzled. It's been a long week. I'm out of here. Until next week, my oddballs. Bye. Bye.